0: It's episode 33 and we are live with Cliff Levin and Ian Hayes from Furniture for Life. Differentiate or die is our topic and I have a little housekeeping to do first. First of all, the show is brought to you by Sell a Million. It's my book, 101 ways to uh, improve your business, make more sales, make more profit. If you haven't got it, what are you waiting for? Get it. And my good friend Steve at Mattress Industry Network is a sponsor, and I want to give them a shout out. Um, They help retailers just like you buy, sell, and succeed. If you're in the mattress industry, you need to be in this group. Uh, The Mattress Industry Network is a group of retailers, four retailers that help each other succeed. Uh, by building uh, your network, you will have access in this group to VPs of sales, to owners of manufacturers, to supply chain people, you name it, they're in there. Uh, Reps, other retailers, high-end retailers, promotional retailers, and every retailer in between. If you're in the mattress business, you should be in the Mattress Industry Network And that is the end of my commercial, Steve. I hope it's okay. Keep the money rolling. Cliff and Ian, I want to welcome you to the show. Um, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. My good friend, Justin Trumbo, who owns uh, Bedtech Midwest and also is a a consultant, as you're well aware of, for some very, uh, very... uh, Good retailers uh, in the Pacific uh, Northwest, but not limited to that, have told me that you guys are A, number one, very cool and very impressed with your business. They do business with you and they love the fact that you keep it clean. Uh, You are one of the few manufacturers that he has, that he does business with, that actually walk the walk. And for that, I'm giving you a stand innovation because there's not too many guys doing that right now. So guys, let's go back a little broad overview. Um, what are you guys seeing in the market these days? Uh, the topic, of course, is differentiate or die. Ian, I'll start with you. You are in a lot of stores. You're the VP of sales for Furniture uh, for Life, and uh, you see a lot of retailers, and, and you see some of the great things that are going on, and you probably also see some of the same old, same old, and maybe things that are uh, mistakes or or vanilla. T- tell me the state of the industry, and Cliff, feel free to jump in. <coughs>
1: So everybody's dealing, I think, primarily with the the same set of challenges. Um, The marketplace is uh, a competitive marketplace, and it's getting more competitive by the day. And particularly nowadays, many retailers are dealing with margin compression, and they're trying to understand how do we combat increased logistics costs? How do we combat increased um, uh, cost of development uh, of products? to pave a pathway to a more profitable business. And, um, and uh, you know, the retailers that we see out there are addressing these issues in a variety of different ways. We think we have a unique proposition that helps people more competently deal in this space and um, achieve their objectives. Yeah, I would add, Pete, um
2: if if this is how you're going to embarrass us, you can feel free to continue to embarrass us. <laughs> First of all, it's good. thank you for inviting us on the show. It's my
0: it's my good. my pleasure. Yeah. Red has been after me, and Justin has been after me, and they're saying you got to have these guys on, and and uh, we finally got around to it. And I, I'm sorry that it's taken as long as it has, but uh, it's absolutely my privilege and joy uh, to meet you guys and. I love what you guys stand for. I love how you do business, and the thing that I love the most is you help dealers differentiate themselves in the marketplace uh, from 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 giving them something different to advertise, to provide in a completely different um, experience in the store, both at the beginning of the sale and at the end of the sale. and And with that, I'll let you guys talk a little bit about what you guys do and how you kind of got here. And uh, I I just want to piggyback on something that you said, Ian. Uh, Margin compression is the understatement. You know, I'm a multi-line rep. I have six different lines. And I'm embarrassed by how some of the companies uh, have handled some of these price increases. Um, uh, Retailers are actually making sales and then they are going to order the product and paying a higher price. That's actually happening in the furniture business, a little bit in the mattress business, once in a blue moon, but it's happening every day in the furniture business, every, every cotton picking day. It's, it's horrible. And uh, margin compression is, is a very nice sounding, uh, Expression for what's happening—it's uh, it, beyond compression. It's—it's—it's it's, it's complete erosion, falling off of a cliff. Thinking that you made a decent margin, and the, to find out that you're at half number, and half of your profits are gone on on certain sales and certain price points. So, uh, I just wanted to piggyback on that, but. Tell me about what you, how you guys got here, man. I want to, I want to hear your story. I really do. Well, I want to, I want to
2: say something that might sound odd for a couple of guys who are talking about their company uh, to an industry who could purchase products from it. And the first thing I'd say is we're not for everybody, right? I'm, differentiate and die only works if people really want it. Uh, we can't. You're the one inside the industry that can make the argument to mattress merchants that it's time to do something different that's not up to us to do we have great products that can facilitate that for the people who believe in their heart of hearts that it is necessary that it's essential for their business and i know you've been beating this drum i mean you have been yelling at the mattress industry for a long time saying come on guys get get with the picture here get with the game i I will tell you uh an in, hopefully an instructive story. And I think a lot of people watching this may go, oh, well, you know what? That resembles me a little bit. I won't name the merchant, but we were recently talking to a very successful mattress merchant who lamented the period of his business when he almost collapsed because internet-promoted beds in boxes came on strong and the low-mid to low-end price point just disappeared as an opportunity for him. And so the decision he made, which many mattress stores have made, is if I can't compete on price at the low end because people are just asking UPS to bring those to their front door, then I better start to talk about the luxury line of mattresses. And guess what? He's very successful. And that shift in strategy forced upon him by the internet has made him a heck of a lot more money than when he was busy selling in the mid low to low price categories, all that stuff that was stripped away by the Internet. Now, um, most people react, and certainly as business people, we have this reaction to good for you. You made a change. The market changed on you and you moved. But take that one step further and ask yourself this question. And this is the challenge that people will face as they differentiate today. And as we ask them or you ask them to think about something like massage chairs, was that opportunity there five years before the Internet came on? Could he have made the decision to be out of that low-end business and into a high luxury line, making a lot more money, potentially moving fewer goods because average ticket price goes goes up, and dealing with brands who are more supportive because they have a little bit more cushion and a little bit more room to help their customers? And uh, in all kinds of product categories, from jewelry, <clears throat> which is available at JCPenney's, but also available at Tiffany's. You would much rather be Tiffany's than JCPenney. And, uh, I think that opportunity existed for this. This is my opinion. This is not very scientific, but that opportunity existed years before he pursued it. And it was only the internet that made him go, well, I can't do that anymore. So I better do something different. Right. Yeah. There was an opportunity to be way out in front of that.
0: Yep. The, um, there have been a few guys in the industry that that have done that. Uh the one that I'm most familiar with is is Jeff Janakovo at Gardner's, which is fascinating because he when he was a rep, he, he repped Corsicana. And then his his store that he opened with his partner Ben, um, he went extremely high end and continues to be extremely high end. And um He's really differentiated himself in, in both how he approaches the customer, how he approaches the customer, the message, the media, the merchandising and the customer experience when they come into the store. And, you know, in I'd like to, you to, you know, as a VP of sales, talk about uh, what the experience Uh, in a typical mattress store is today and what it could be um, after they added uh, some of your products into the mix and how that could change that customer experience. Sure.
1: And let me, I, I do want, I want to backpedal just a little bit because I think it's important to understand you asked how we got here and we got here because Cliff and I both are lifelong retailers. I was 24 years in the in the furniture and luxury appliance business with a rather large retailer out of the midwest and so i dealt with these challenges head on you know what is it i like about the wholesalers i deal with what is it i don't like you know what is my utopian world in terms of how i engage the industry to to provide um true partnerships and a pathway to profitability and success for all and and cliff the founder of the organization comes from the same spot and and really that mindset and seeing the world through a retailer lens serves as the core of who we are as a company. So we're not unfamiliar with the challenges that many of your your viewers uh, are experiencing on a day-to-day basis. And we actually think that differentiates us in this space and informs much of what we do. And so this is, I suppose, a segue to answering your question more directly. What happens at a mattress retailer? Well, we're trying to differentiate ourselves between competitors and we're a mattress retailer and we're trying to combat the challenges associated with competition and margin compression or erosion, as you say, uh, rightly so. um, There are a few dials that are generally turned. Um, One of those dials is promotional, um, you know, a promotional angle. Well, there's Not a whole lot that we're seeing out there that's really unique promotionally for mattress retailers to be able to turn. Another one is what Cliff had indicated, and it's this concept of, okay, geez, if uh, the the marketplace is very competitive at the low-end price point, how can we find product categories that have unique technology within the mattress space and increased average selling prices? And um, where we also have some reasonable... Uh, shelter, um, as it relates to the competitive landscape so that the margins that we see on a spreadsheet more closely replicate what actually happens in the store by the time we're done um, with the cross-shopping and things of that nature. And then the other big dial is, you know, how can we maximize tickets through the sale of adjustable bases and pillows and mattress protectors and in peripheral product categories? And all of these are really good things. But... Um, but, but Cliff and I imagine that it's, it's time to start thinking outside the rectangle, start thinking outside the mattress itself. And the conscious decision Cliff had indicated earlier, we're not for everybody. And the retailer would have to make the decision, have to make a decision that, the, you know, what we do is important enough to the core of their business. And so I would suggest in very simple form that the decision that a retailer would want to make that might lead them to a conversation with us is, um, you know, lies in the answer to this question. What is it we're selling? Are we selling a mattress and a sleeping apparatus? Is that what we're selling, products? Or are we a solution-based selling company? And we understand what it is the customer is really looking for. You know, they're looking to be more productive throughout the day because they had a, a good night's rest and they woke up without feeling aches and pains and they were able to go to sleep. Uh, and stay asleep, um, you know, when the time comes to do that. And what are the potential solutions that exist out there, not just with a mattress, but with associated core product categories that provide um, uh, a story that is unique to tell and a different shopping experience in-store that is inherently different than uh, what the competitors have to offer? There's a there's an opportunity to also make
2: the mattress shopping experience a whole heck of a lot more comfortable for the consumer. And I think the stores that win that argument, uh, will overcome one of the greatest, uh, impediments to people swinging your mattress store door. I mean, the perception of the industry is not the best, so, if there's a way to kind of soften the environment uh, to to talk to people on the level that Ian just suggested, which is, <clears throat> I'm a, I'm a in this moment I'm a life solution partner for you. That's a lot more interesting than I'm going to make you a deal on this bed. And uh, the conversation's more engaging. The, the level of loyalty is <laughs> is, is going to be there because you have a relationship with your customer. And uh, your referral business is going to be there. And generally speaking, you won't be talking about price because people will be appreciating your approach. And when they do appreciate your approach, they will reward you for it. And, and a lot of you know, a lot of mattress merchants are so worried that it's one and done. Mm-hmm. That they, if they don't if they don't kill this dead on this visit right now. Um, it's over and I can't actually, you know, I'm not in the mattress industry today. I was familiar with it a long time ago. Ian was familiar with it a while ago too. I'm not in the industry today. So we can't argue with that, um, kind of takeaway that a lot of mattress store owners have, but here's an opportunity that's not a one and done. Here's an opportunity where you can converse with a customer. You have a great chance of bringing them back because there's, this is going to sound weird, Our most popular chair is $10,000 at retail. It's an impulse buy for many consumers. And when we say that to retailers, especially mattress merchants, they look at us like we're lunatics because, (laughs) because they've done mailers, they've done newspaper ads, they run TV to get people in. And so they've already selected for buying a mattress. But the most successful dealers we have turn people onto massage chairs who didn't even have an inkling that they were coming in for a massage chair. And that amazes, uh, that amazes merchants. And, and I would say it goes beyond the mattress industry. Our best furniture dealers, our back, best back specialty dealers, they all understand that massage chairs are impulse purchases in many cases. Yep. Not in all cases, in many cases.
0: I have beat my dealers with this for years. You are not your customer. And and, and and you know we 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 as salespeople as as a sales pro working the floor we need to understand that we bring a lot of baggage to every sale and we need to purposely and purposefully leave it at the door and understand that my job is to ask questions in a professional way to uncover needs and to solve those things and to expose the customer to things that she may not have thought of on her own because if you're just filling the need that she thought she had when she walked through the door you're not doing anything for her you know you you need to uh, pursue what she needs and what her and her partner's needs and wants are and fill those with your products. And what I love about the whole concept with your product is that this is something that if, if someone goes to five furniture stores, um, hey, Steve, how are you? <laughs> you are not your customer. It should be a hashtag and it should be my hashtag. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Um, What was I saying, guys? Oh, Mrs. Jones. So so Mark Quinn asked me a question years and years ago, and and he said, you know, Pete, Mrs. Jones goes out and she shops and she comes back and she meets Mr. Jones for dinner. And who is the retailer that they're going to talk about? over dinner who is the re- is it going to be you and and whether you're it, it doesn't even matter furniture store mattress store doesn't matter who are they going to talk about and one of the things that goes off in my mind is if i went to a mattress store and i sat in massage chairs that i didn't even know existed right? That did things to my body that I didn't even know a massage chair could do. Would I tell my significant other that? And the answer is yes, I would. And so here's my question to you, Mr. and Mrs. Retailer. Are you given a customer experience that is worthy to be the topic of dinner discussion? Are you doing that? And if you're not, Continue listening because I think that what Ian and Cliff have to say is going to be transformative for your business. So I have to share this with you, Cliff. And I'm sorry, I, I if I'm if I'm going to embarrass you. This is from Justin. Uh, you know he's a mad texter. You know that he can't do things like a normal human being and like put a comment in there like Steve does. He So he's talking about you. He is like what Apple is to phones, what Posh is to latex, is what he he is chairs for how brand conscious you should try to be. He's trying to say that, what I just said, it's a different customer experience. It's a completely different customer experience coming into a store that has, you know, different product than what the customer thought they would see, right? Because what's in a customer's mind? A sea of rectangles, right? One of the things I always tell my sales pros when I'm training them is never forget what you feel right now. You look over this floor, you see 50 or 60 rectangles and you are overwhelmed or you're underwhelmed. But whatever you're feeling, it's not great and it's not reassuring, and you have to remember that feeling because that's the feeling that many of your customers are going to have when they come into your store. And so how are you going to take them from that feeling to a place where they're comfortable enough to make a buy-in decision? And it starts with empathy. It starts with understanding where they're at, right? And it starts with offering them a different experience, both in the questions that you ask, the product that you offer, the selection. So let's kind of get into that. And, you know, customer comes in, in the store um, and they have your chairs. How do you expose them to, you know, uh, uh, you know one, one of your chairs in a non-threatening way that is maybe not as salesy as some approaches so that you can differentiate yourself from the competition.
1: Let me just set the foundation a little bit differently. So many of your listeners, us included and, and our current retail partners talk about marketing and we talk about marketing as a funnel, right? That starts from awareness and builds its way into people coming into your store and they invest the lion's share of their time in revenue in that space. Um, to get people into the store oddly enough and i think your listeners can test this when you begin to explore how people purchase products there's a couple things that um, oftentimes are true one is that repeat and referral business represents generally a larger share of your sales than you might contemplate and when i say referral business up to and including your google reviews how many people come into your store saying geez You've got X number of five-star reviews, and so I must—you must be a credible place I'm coming in. That's that's a referral of sorts. It's a referral in in the year 2021, um, and I would I would argue that the shift that many merchants or many retailers uh, ought to contemplate is how much time, effort, and money are they spending on those customers that have purchased to encourage them to come back to your store and purchase again. Or to refer friends and family members, and what you're talking about speaks to the heart of that. More specifically, that in-store experience beyond the relationship building and establishment of credibility through asking good questions and 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 you know um, taking the approach that you are the customer's advocate, who's here to help them make the most informed decision, becomes the nuts and bolts of how you introduce different core product categories like massage chairs. And and honestly, there's a variety of different ways that we see this done. And I think it depends largely on the retailer and their approach to engaging and selling customers. One approach is that for customers, uh, for those retailers that comfort test, it might make sense to say, geez, before you test a mattress, we want to make sure that you're fully relaxed, and in the mental and physical state that you might otherwise be before you go to bed at night. And so I'd like you to sit in this chair for 10 minutes prior to your comfort test to just relax, let your, you um, you know, the anxiety and stresses of the day disappear for 10 minutes. And then we're going to comfort test you on the mattresses that we have available to help narrow the field of selection for you. That's one way to do it.
0: Stop, stop right there because that's brilliant. That is, Number one, it's different. It's a different experience than anyone else is going to have. Mrs. Jones, so that you're completely relaxed, please, blah, blah, blah. That is so different than what they're going to experience at XYZ mattress, ABC mattress store, where they're just going around and... Somebody's shouting about a deal or my, the last one I have, and I'll get you a special deal on it, or whatever nonsense they're uttering. Um, so that is um, that, that's, that is phenomenal. And I interrupted you on purpose because I do not want any of our retailers to let that slip by in the course of, of this conversation. So that's a differentiate or die moment right there. That is a completely different experience that Mrs. Jones can go tell Mr. Jones or vice versa. Mr. Jones might be doing the shopping that day and he tells Mrs. Jones at dinner. And that is, to me, forget about all the other good stuff that's going to happen after, but that to me is worth it just carrying the item, even if you didn't make a sale. But this goes back to you are not your customer. Do not prejudge because you don't have $10,000 or $6,000 or whatever the dollar amount is right now to spend on one of these chairs. Doesn't mean your customer doesn't. And when you expose any customer... To something in a non-threatening, non-salesy way, you would be shocked at the amount of people that go, Oh yeah, I want that too. And so I'm sorry I interrupted you. You had a, another point you wanted to make, but I wanted to highlight that. I, I just think it's so important. It, it's such a different customer experience that it 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 needed to be elaborated on. So I apologize.
1: And I, I would point out this concept of not prejudging. You know, it's cliche. We've all heard it. But I think it's it's more rare that we live it. And it, it needs to be a conscious decision that you make on a daily basis to not you know, prejudge your customers. And the fact of the matter is a $6,000 massage chair is a very affordable piece of equipment for just about anybody. Because oftentimes those people that you might otherwise prejudge are already paying $150 a month. Um, to uh, enjoy massage uh, at their local Massage Envy. And for $100 a month, you can have a $6,000 massage chair that you can enjoy as many times as you want and the whole family as well. So it is, it, you know, it requires some creativity in terms of um, uh, how we think about this product category in terms of, you know, who is uh, who sh- we should be uh, re- um, showing it to and, and how affordable it is. Um, and that gets, you know, that gets to another way to bring up massage chairs, which is simply, um, I would say it's situational to the customer. You know, if, you're, if you uh, have some sort of a consultative selling process that um, you use at your retailer, um, how we ask questions and the information that we glean from those answers oftentimes provides the pathway to introduce a complete solution to the customer that transcends a mattress, in the same way that you know we learned a million years ago when adjustable bases came out. That if you know you're waking up with back pain every every morning, um, that a more complete solution beyond the comfort and support that the mattress itself provides is proper sleeping position um, that that can be accomplished through an adjustable base. It, you know, conceptually, it's not any different than than understanding. That that dynamic. Here's <clears throat> it's a tool to helping salespeople
2: and helping business owners uh, engage in the practice of always trying to climb to the thirty thousand foot view with the customer. Mattress dealers tend to be highly transactional with their customers. In my personal experience and the ones that get out of that zone discover a a place of a high degree of success because that is such a much more human interaction for the consumer so um to ian's point about kind of life solutions and pete you're making this point too and and we we uh we bludgeon this into all the dealers that we work with and train it's a pleasant bludgeoning, I assure you. <laughs> it's never a bloody outcome. It's always happy.
0: I've got I got images of Braveheart going through yeah. my <laughs> mind. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like a male alley McBeal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've never seen Cliff's morning meetings with the blue paint on his face. <laughs> right. we're, we're We're a company that likes
2: to talk about making people comfortable, but we bludgeon our dealers.
1: Uh,
2: but but it's it's you know, it's it's what you were saying, Pete. Customer walks in the door, and immediately there's a conversation about the deal. How do you teach people? Just zoom out, climb, get up to thirty thousand feet, and start having a conversation with a customer. Massage chair gives you the opportunity to open that aperture a lot, uh, in in the way Ian was hinting at, which is let's talk about your whole day. Let's talk about everything. Not let's not just talk about sleep. Sleep is critically important. And oh by the way, massage chairs. Um, could have implications to your sleep as well, right? So there's a there's actually a perfect link. If there if there are owners out there going, why the hell would I deal in this category? The answer is because it has to do with sleep and relaxation
0: and rest and recovery. Exactly, exactly. So if just I have two points. One, really quick. Um, Ian very politely and polishly said consultative selling. If you're not doing it, you need to start. And if you don't know what that is, call me, we'll talk. Um, You have to get on that side of it. If you don't, you're stuck in low end transactional business that is not good for anybody. It's not a good solution for the consumer and it's, it's not good for your business and it's not sustainable. So, that's that's one piece to it, but the other is, and my point of reference is one of the best retailers in in the Midwest in terms of a customer experience is Gardner's Mattress in Lancaster, Ohio. Before they try mattresses, they sit in their lounge and they sit on futons. Now, I could see them sitting in these chairs while they're asking them a few questions right before they ever lay down on a bed they ask a series of questions um, so that they fully uncover the customers' needs um, to me that is a great place uh, to to introduce in a non-salesy way um, the chair right there and it has two benefits number one they're gonna relax and number two, They haven't felt this before, probably, um, or they haven't, they surely weren't thinking about they were going to experience this here and now. They thought they were just going to run in here and, uh, you know, look at some mattresses. And instead, they're exposed to this really great chair that does things that they had no idea these chairs could do. And they're having a conversation with their RSA and they are relaxing more and more instead of the walls going up, the walls are coming down, right? And so anytime we can make walls come down between the customer and our sales pros, that's something that we want to facilitate. So um, I'm going to read a chapter from my book because... My book does pay all the bills here, except for the ones that Steve pays with Mattress Industry Network's support. So the title of this, and for those of you at home who have my book, it's chapter 85, The Secret to Eliminate in Competition on page 124. The secret to eliminate in your competition is to market to your customer with information instead of with price discounting. When you advertise with mass media, do you know how many people are in the market at one time? It's between 1% to 5% um, for mattresses, and it's closer to 1%. If you market with an information offer, you can start to capture your customer's attention before they are in the shopping stage. If your competitors only advertise to 1% to 5% of the market, and you advertise to 100%, everything else being equal, who wins? That's right, you. You. This allows you to shape the conversation and position your store as the authority and the expert. That's part of how you eliminate your competition. With your merchandising and display, you can further differentiate your store from your competitors. A customer-focused sales process that is in sync with your advertising is the critical piece where many stores fall down. Your salespeople must know exactly what the customer has seen and heard from your advertising department so they can continue to deliver a consistent experience to the customer. And I would add this. That sentence, with your merchandising and display, you can further differentiate your store from your competitors. That's a layup shot for you guys. So if you want to talk about that, you go right ahead. Well... I, I think we should
2: get a big R V and and the three of us will just drive across the country and bludgeon America. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great chapter. Uh, uh, I mean spot on you're, uh, everything you said. You're you're touching mm-hmm. I mean you're touching an important business points, but point, but I also have to say you're touching our hearts. And you say this in your intro, it's about heart, right? Consultative selling is I mean there there are I suppose there's a there, there are three ways to take it. There's the um, uh, heartless, pure business way, which can be successful, but it will convey something to consumers. Then there's the middle ground, and then there's the combine the training required to teach people how to sell on a consultative basis with a real heartfelt desire to help customers. That that's the killer formula and um we don't see a lot of merchants that have both of those things. We see merchants with a lot of heart but they don't have they don't work on the skill set. That's rough. And then we see a lot of um killers and they're just leaving opportunity on the table because they're too cynical about their customers. Mm-hmm. They're making they're making the kinds of assumptions you warn people to not make about what their customers are like and and possibly what kind of people they need to hire and how they need to train. Them. But uh you know, it is about the combination of of heart and practice and, and skill development.
1: If your approach, there's a quote that I'll butcher, so I won't try and say it exactly. But if if your business and the value proposition of your business, outwardly speaking to customers, revolves around price, understand that's what you're building loyalty towards. You're building lo- loyalty towards a price. And that loyalty um, is not unique to you and exists only so long as your price is the lowest price in the market at any or perceived to be the lowest price in the market. If your approach to building loyalty has to do with creative, creating distinctive sh- consumer shopping experiences, and we believe that beyond merchandising and product assortment, that a consultative selling process is the platform through which you build uh, or that, that you utilize to to create this um, this uh, positive, memorable customer experience, you create loyalty to your business and people will give you the opportunity to compete um, because the loyalty is, does not exist with price. This shouldn't be surprising. You know, it's interesting if you were to take a look at any other industry that you would engage somebody with and imagine a scenario where consultation was not part of the process. Imagine you had to go to a doctor. My stomach hurts. I go to the doctor, tell the doctor, I'm here because my stomach hurts. They don't take your temperature, make you stick your tongue out or check your blood pressure or ask you additional questions and just give you a pill. My wall's going they, up and I'm picking a new doctor. You only have to stick your tongue out. <laughs> you to I know what the rules are of this podcast. Yeah, well. but older than me, so he's got a different doctor's yeah, appointment. That's than I do. that's right. But, uh, um, you know, he, they would lose credibility and you would be uncomfortable and you would seek a different solution. Um, it's not any different when you're shopping for a mattress, except for one difference. The difference is credibility. Your doctor has implied credibility because they have their PhD and whatever hanging on the wall as a physician, and you know that there's some rigorous um, um, steps that they had to go through to earn that certificate, but that doesn't exist. Implied credibility does not exist with a mattress RSA. A mattress RSA, RSA is the culmination of every crummy sales experience you've had, up to that point until you prove that you're different. And I think that every good retailer should understand that a big part of their job is to establish credibility and comfort with the consumer upfront because that will expand your scope of influence and enable you to present a a full assortment of solutions and help people make an informed decision, Um, it's key.
0: That is huge. Until you prove that you're different. And the way that you prove you're different is by asking better questions, giving them a better experience. And, you know, in my intro, it says, you know, it it refers to if, if you're not really in it, you're an actor. If you don't really have the feeling in your heart, you're acting. And so one of the things that I constantly talk to my dealers about, well, I, before I even became a rep, I was in retail for nine years. And when I was managing a store, I used to tell my commission salespeople, if you are working with a customer and you have, you start to calculate your commissions and that is where your mind is and that is where your heart is. Your mind and your heart are in the wrong place and you're going to lose the sale. And sometimes you actually do the transaction, but you've lost the customer. And that is the most pathetic thing in the world because you've really lost and you don't even know that you've lost. You beat yourself on the chest and you think you won, but you lost. If you lose all the referrals, you lose the loyalty, you lose her going home and going, I had the best shopping experience of my life in any store. You've lost. You've lost. And maybe you think you won because you, quote, made a sale. When your heart is actually in the right place and you want to help the customer wake up happy and pain-free, Jeff, I should pay you a uh, Jeff Janakova. I should pay you a royalty on that. Uh, a patent, I'm sure, is pending on that. But waking up happy and pain free should be the goal. That should be the goal. How do I help this customer wake up happy and pain free? And and let me, sales pros out there who are listening, and I I know you are. I I know that I advertise this only to uh, business owners, but. I've got lots of sales pros that listen to this and I have lots of sales reps that listen to this as well. In addition to our business owners, if you're not talking about the wellness, if you're not talking about health, if you're not talking about the three-legged stool of health, which is nutrition, um, rest, and exercise, if you're not talking about that, shame on you because when your customer comes in and they're looking for a new mattress, they don't want a new mattress. They don't. Want, they want to wake up happy and pain-free. As close to happy and pain-free as they can given their medical conditions. I mean, some people are never going to wake up happy and pain-free. But could we help them get closer? And the answer is yes. And could these wonderful chairs that you guys have be part of that solution? The answer is yes. You know, I was telling um, Ian and Cliff before the show, I was a competitive power lifter. And when I was competing and power lifting, you know, I was getting two to three massages a week, but I wasn't going to masseuses that charged 50 bucks. I was going to masseuses that charge, you know, $150 $150 because I couldn't recover from my workouts without that massage. Wish I would have had a chair like this would have saved me a ton of money. I could have put that money in my retirement. So I, 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 am sorry that I, I uh, digress, but talk about wellness. What do we got there? Ooh. So we, uh, All right. Well, let
2: us plug our products just for a second. Please do. Yeah, we will not bludgeon in this case. This will be painless. Uh, There are a lot of massage chairs other than ours. There are no massage chairs better than ours. Uh, The process that we go through designing and developing the chairs under the brands that we own 100 percent, and those brands are Positive Posture and Oko, the number of hours involved, the millions of dollars involved, the ridiculous attention to detail, which is born of our heart and our passion behind building good products uh, is reflected in, in the result, which is stunning massage. That is that is at the heart of our business, massage quality. Now, as you look at these pictures here up on the screen, you can also see that uh Many of our products have a design element incorporated into them. And in fact, I would argue that as a company, globally, nobody is uh, putting so much attention on the aesthetic design. Nobody's doing it in the detailed, uh, passionate, expensive, long and grueling way that we're doing it. In fact, uh, these M-series chairs that you see right now on the screen are, uh, are designed for us by a gentleman named Ken Okuyama, which is without a doubt, the most famous living Japanese designer. And uh, and hopefully your viewers see in the aesthetic how different these chairs are. Uh, we use this aesthetic to imply to the consumer that there is really something different when you sit in the chair and experience not what's outside, but what's inside. And um, I'm not going to describe what that feels like. I'm just going to tell everybody that it's magical. It is not the crap at nail salons. It's not the things with the $1 bill acceptors at the airport. We are not in that space. We do not believe in that kind of massage, which isn't to say that that massage is bad because it's comfortable, but compared to our massage, it's bad, all right? Then we have brands that we carry like Panasonic and Decor where we did not actually design the product, but we've gone out and we've said these guys have an understanding of massage that is worth sharing with the world. In the case of Panasonic, we're the exclusive U.S. distributor of Panasonic massage chairs. In the case of the Decor brand, we are the global distributor of the Decor brand, and we've basically partnered with another designer of massage chairs um, to bring what we think is. Um, what we think consumers need to know about and what we think can be helpful to them in their daily lives, what we think can make them happier, healthier, more productive, what we think matters to them at the 30,000-foot level. That's in our thinking, no matter how sort of laser-focused we are on a particular detail of designing or developing a massage chair. How does this matter at the greatest kind of life-happiness level? And, and our motto is, is, you know, we're here to make the world a more comfortable place. That's what we're trying to do. We do a little bit more than, than massage chair business. We also have a recliner business. Uh, we also get a little bit into seating. Again, we pick products based on how well they do the job of making people healthier and more comfortable. Yeah.
1: We pick partnerships with our um, with our with the retailers that we work with in the same way. If if we can't if if all we're doing is offering um, a uh, uh, a product that cannibalizes other brands that are on your floor, we're not a good fit for you. If instead we're able to offer a solution for your business that is truly transformative and incremental in nature, and we can work together in a true partnership to create something. Um, that's special to us. And so when we say we want to make the world a more comfortable place, that concept embodies every relationship that we have um, from the products that we bring to market to our interpersonal relationships with our clients and even, of course, those that we have among our coworkers.
0: Your, your product left me uh, speechless. Just now, Um, I had seen some things, but Chris uh, Stone, who produces a show for me, really went above and beyond. Uh, I hadn't seen some of those shots and I literally stopped breathing a couple times. I I was blown away. I'm sorry, Cliff, go ahead.
2: Uh, We are determined in our partnerships with retailers to help them transform their business. Uh, and if we don't feel like we can play that role, we get quite frustrated because it's not going to work for either side of that equation, the retailer or, or for us. Uh, in, in the case of, of mattress retailers, massage chairs are a real departure from what they're used to. And, it, and so it requires a huge amount of dialogue to get the sales to get the owner to get the sales team comfortable but as long as the owner has that has the heart Mm -hmm. is committed said okay you guys there's something going on here and and i and i want to learn about it and and to the extent that you guys can teach me i'm listening you said you can transform your business prove it to me and we'll say prove to us you're interested and if we get that
1: evidence we're running 100 miles an hour that's right. Yeah. You asked the question earlier, Pete, you know, fundamentally, what needs to exist to succeed in this space? And, you know, I tend to be a little bit of a linear thinker, so I, I like things in their individual buckets or, or categories. And I think the answer to that question is the retailer has to pay attention to three spaces to make, you know, beyond the fact that they need to be committed to the category and say, hey, gang, this is an initiative. We're going to get this flywheel going and they rally their resources. The way or the spaces that they rally those resources, and there are three of them it is how you pay attention to the marketing of the product category, it is how you pay attention to the merchandising of the category, and it is how you pay attention to the training and development uh, of your sales staff um, as it relates to that category. And when we partner with a retailer, um, we look to partner in those three spaces to inform and participate and, um, uh, and, and share in, in those areas.
0: And I, I would say based on our prior conversation, there's a fourth for you guys too, that is near and dear to your heart. And that is the support of the, the, the service end of it, the, the, that, training of, of of that component at retail is is it only becomes important if the marketing and, and the merchandising and, and the sales training goes well but that i know is near and dear to your guys heart so here's my question to you guys um, i am a retailer and i like what i heard what's the next step how do they get a hold of you who do they call Who do they email? What do they do?
2: Well, we have really tough email addresses. Our names are are on the screen. You can write to ian at fflbrands.com or cliff at fflbrands.com or both of us, and we will receive emails at that address. That is the easiest way to do it.
1: Awesome. Um, Yeah. And And we're a little old school. We'll communicate by email, but we'd much rather... jump on the phone conversation, shake a hand, get to know you, uh, and that type of thing. So hopefully you're not adverse to that approach because we like it.
2: We, we we've seen enough, we've seen enough victories in the mattress space. Um, and, and, uh, I, I think we've seen one in Justin's space as well, where we get really excited on behalf of the merchant because we've, when we see that happening, we've accomplished what we want to do. We we've, we've transformed uh, an organization. And, and I mean, Justin was a major participant in this too. I I don't want to, I don't want to diminish the effort it takes from the organization to make things happen, but um, there's an emotional win as well as a business win here. And, uh, and I think it's because the merchant understands that there is a more, real conversation that they can have with the consumer we were on a internal store call with with a um with a conference call that we do with stores every week and um i said one thing on that call which surprised even me and mace, mace maybe it'll surprise you pete the mattress you're the, you're you're running a podcast here that talks about how mattress merchants don't consistently do a good job of connecting with their customers you're beating that drum you're beating that drum hard and i'm going to guess you've been beating that drum for a long time and you wrote about it in the book and in the chapter that you just read from that is in an industry that is outfitting bedrooms that that should surprise the heck out of everybody uh, you are talking to consumers who are dealing with you about their most intimate space in their whole damn life. And you can't lever that. You can't make that happen. You can't get excited about that, not just as a business person, all right, but as a human being. I'm going to have a heart-to-heart conversation with you because you've brought me into your bedroom. Seems kind of like there's something there maybe. And and that's and that's the opportunity the massage chair gives you to it, it it it's going to have sexual it lubricates the conversation, it gets people into that zone where they can where they can be open with you. And the nice thing about doctors and their certificates is that you you know right away that you're supposed to be open and you know that you're in a trusting sort of space. How do merchants create that trust?
0: One thing I want to loop around. Um, we talked about how you can help a retailer differentiate at the beginning of the sale. And Ian, thank you for sharing that. It, it was wonderful. And and anyone who's catching us on the tail end of this, go back and listen to that because it, it's absolute gold. But can you uh, describe to us how the end of the sale and how the uh, opportunities for selling Uh, something other than a mattress now occur um, in a shorter time frame than the traditional seven to eight years that we shoot for and really the 10 to 15 years that we actually live with in terms of a mattress buy-in cycle, how the end of the sale can look different with with your product.
1: Sure. So um, talking about distinctiveness, one thing that can create distinctiveness is showing people a solution they didn't know existed. I had no idea such a thing existed and that can happen at the end of the sale. So, so you worked with a customer, you did all the things that you're supposed to do and no surprise, the result of your well-placed actions was a, was a good sale for a, a nice mattress that met the customer's needs and, and the needs of your, your business as well. And you gotta you gotta write up that sale, and so you might say, "Hey, listen, it's gonna take me a couple of minutes to key your transaction. To give me your driver's license and the, and and however you're planning to um, uh, pay for this transaction. And while you're doing that, I have a little treat for you that'll help relax you and um, and and make you feel good. Come over here, sit in this chair while I key your transaction, and you give them a massage. And you know, geez, what's the worst thing that happens? Um, The customer leaves your store feeling a little bit better and a little bit more relaxed than they did before they came in, Um, not just because of a great interpersonal uh, uh, exchange that they had with a competent RSA who was advocating for them and making them feel special and heard, but also physically because they got an experience that they had no idea existed that felt good and was exciting. and, And then guess what happens? The neighbors are over for the barbecue and they say, you won't believe what I just tried at this place, you know, um, a week ago. And it was the most unbelievable thing. You got to try it. And, and, <clears throat> and, you know, we talk about that as one way that we get the flywheel going. So there's an op- opportunity at the, at the front of the sale to interest, introduce massage chairs. There's an opportunity at the tail end of a transaction to introduce massage chairs and as you get more comfortable with the category and and, um, and how to sell the category situationally, it becomes um, easier and easier to introduce massage chairs as a solution based um, uh, proposition for those people that, are coming into your store to solve an issue. They're not sleeping well at night or things that we talked about earlier. You know, those are the three spaces that we see retailers get comfortable with. And, and typically it doesn't always happen at once. Typically it start. you know, we'll see somebody get comfortable with putting them in a massage chair while they're keying a, a transaction first. That seems to be the easiest one. And then they start thinking, geez, how do we integrate this into our selling process? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll, expand our comfort test and and we'll introduce it at the front end too and if we're unsuccessful doing that we can introduce it at the tail end and then the skill set of the staff grows and hopefully there's some internal synergy and in meetings people are talking about their successes and attributions um, of success for transactions that they've made and they they, they start figuring out <clears throat> how they can introduce a massage chair as a, a solution um, during the selling process, during the meat of it.
0: Ian, I have a quick question for you. Um, Typically, do you find that on a given floor uh, where it's newly introduced that you can pretty uh, clearly identify a champion who gets the first few sales before the other RSAs kind of catch on? Do you see that often or do you or is it different? So so that's a,
1: that's a really, really good question. The way I would answer it is, is this. The, the retailers that have been most successful getting the flywheel going typically have been able to find an individual that ultimately serves as a social model to the rest of the group. Okay, some massage chairs are abstract for most um, mattress salespeople. Why are we bringing in massage chairs? Nobody's going to buy a $10,000 massage chair, so on and so forth. But you, if you can find one believer and put your resources behind them and they serve as a social model and they experience some success selling a massage chair or two a week, something like that, all of a sudden people start saying, you know, geez, if, if Frank can do it, I can do it. And, and, and boy, you know, by the way, Two massage chairs a week, just for whatever it's worth, which is not an unusual amount to sell, based upon our average selling price, is right around $700,000 a year. And so those of you that are looking at your P&L documents after this call and saying, geez, what would $700,000 a year uh, at keystone margins that is all incremental do for my business if I can get this going? And by the way, I'm quoting on the low end of what we see out of a store for um, massage chair unit sales, something, something to think about. But in any case, um, that social model sort of seeds the rest of the group and, and is, you know, creates the makings of a, uh, of a, um, of a culture, which is ultimately what you want a cultural, you want solution-based selling um and, and maximize transaction. All the good things we've talked about here, we want those to be cultural attributes because um, a cultural attribute has a certain amount of momentum associated with it that carries you into the future.
0: I've been trying to wrap this up, but I can't because this leads me to another point that's just super important. All these things that you've been talking about are transferable to other product c- categories. So... Uh, The ability to transform a company, I see see the lane for it. And I see how they can take the success that they start to have with this into other product categories and other areas of their business where it actually does transform their whole business. And I think um, if you're a retailer out there, and you're looking for an answer and any of this resonates with you, please reach out to Ian and Cliff. These are great guys, great human beings, knowledgeable about the business, but I don't care what you know about the business. The first thing I want to know is what's in your heart. If I'm a retailer, I want to know if I'm ever, my back's up against the wall. I want to know that you got my back. I, I I want to know that as crazy as this world has gotten at times that I'm entering into a relationship with somebody who's a good human being that I can call and I can voice concerns to and I don't have to go through a bunch of middlemen or get stuck with a secretary and have no access to the principles. And I think that your company with a heart um, you know Justin doesn't give compliments um, easily. And he's not necessarily easily pleased. He's one of the brightest guys, uh, young stars in our industry that I've ever seen. And I'm not saying that just because he's my boss. He's he's absolutely brilliant. And the praise that he has heaped upon you guys, I can see after doing this show with you is just very well deserved. Uh, you know, he he is a big fan, and for him to be a big fan is saying a lot. So I'm going to give you guys the last word. Let's wrap this up, guys. Yeah. yeah, Well, so
2: uh, look, we appreciate what you've just shared and we appreciate um, Justin's endorsement. But I want to, to the human side of this, say to everybody that watches this, we ain't perfect. (laughs) We're not perfect. And, uh, you know, every company screws up. But we have an attitude about screwing up. And sometimes we screw up with dealers and sometimes we screw up with customers. It could be related to an accounting issue. It could be related to a delivery issue. It could be related to a product that we delivered that uh, that was thrown off a truck, but we didn't know it until the box was open. And now we got a big service issue and customers lit up because they just spent $10,000 on a pile of parts. Uh, and, And many times we handle that very, very well. Occasionally we screw up the handling of that. So I think what Justin is saying is that when we, we screw up, we own up. And I, I do think that's what people need in a partner. And that's what customers need in a retailer. You know, something went wrong, solve the problem. Uh, I, you told me I could trust you to do it. So let's, let's see it. Let's see that happen. And and I think that's that's maybe what separates us as much as the product does. From from what goes on and a lot of the rest of the, let's just talk about the massage chair industry. We really are determined to help dealers solve real practical problems that pop up when you're shipping expensive, heavy um, mechanical computer equipment across the country. So uh, it's not that we won't screw up; it's that we'll own up when we do screw up, and, and we will be there holding the hand of the retailer right through it. We say. To our retailers, and this is borrowed from Ron Pope Peel, God rest his soul, because he just recently passed away. He, he was selling an oven at some point. And he said, set it and forget it. Our thing to dealers is sell it and forget it. When your customer gets the goods, we will protect our brands and in so doing, protect your reputation since you are the merchant that sold us to them. Don't worry, we got you covered.
1: I would add this. <clears throat> if, if you're wondering how does one get started in this space beyond an initial conversation, we try to make it easy. It's an investment of floor models. It's a desiring commitment to pay attention to those spaces that we talked about uh, earlier. And after that, you know, we can service anywhere in the United States in the customer's house. We have a, a, a robust call center and service network, both internally and then throughout the United States. We can light glove, deliver, and set up in the customer's house anywhere. There's no need to hold back stock or all of those types of things. We need a willing participant um, who has a desire to advocate for their customers differently and more completely than they have in the past. And you can rest assured that we will be just as excited about helping you grow your business as you are. It won't be a self-serving proposition for us in terms of how we interact with you. It will be a partnership which is what's necessary to succeed today. Retail is not easy. Hard to go it alone without a good partner that cares.
0: And that is a breath of fresh air. Thanks, guys. This was a great episode. Thank you so much. If you're a retailer and you want to do things a little bit differently, differentiate yourself from your competition, call these guys. Their emails are on the show notes. Um, Ian and Cliff are looking forward to your emails and jumping on a phone call with you and talking to you about your store. With that, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much.